Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Omni Studio. Omni Studio is the most advanced on-demand audio management and publishing platform. You can find them at omnistudio.com. They're based out of Melbourne, Australia, and we'll hear from the CEO in the middle of the show. I don't think there's any fitting person to be the last person on season three of Podcast Movement Sessions than Dave Jackson. He's been at it since 2005. That's right, before iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. And he's got a lot of things you can learn from today, listening to this podcast. Plus, it's a lot of fun. He's a really good guy. Plays along with some of the jokes and fun we had, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So let's hear it from Mr. Dave Jackson, who's recently inducted in the Hall of Fame for podcasting. Recently inducted in the Hall of Fame, which, uh, how's that, how has that affected you, Dave? I haven't quite got my head around it yet i about the time i did i woke up the following morning and facebook had just completely blown up so anybody who wasn't here unfortunately they're like oh congrats and oh this is so awesome it's great so it's a little, it's definitely humbling it's it's yeah I'm, it's gonna take a while to get my head around this one well you know it's so fascinating about uh, podcasting is you do it in a closed room and there's no one really and then you go in front of two thousand people yeah, exactly. And you have Katie Kermitzos laughing her head off in the background, and she's, I love her laugh, but I'm here already. So it's different, but it gives it ambiance, the ambiance of being right here at Podcast Movement. Yeah, we are right on the fourth floor, the Philadelphia Marriott. We're, this is the last day, so we have keynotes coming up uh, this afternoon. Talk a little bit about your podcasting journey. Well, yeah, I started off back in 2005. I normally don't sound like this. This is what you sound like after, at the end of the week of Podcast Movement. But yeah, I started in 2005, and back then it was just amazing because there was no iTunes yet. There was no iPhone. What did you What did you post to? You basically wrote your own RSS feed, and you would upload that to your website, and then you would update your web your website. What like back then I was using Dreamweaver, which is a, a, an Adobe product and then eventually found out about WordPress, but even downloading a podcast, you would have an RSS feed, but you had to have people who knew not to click on it. You had to right-click on it and copy the link and put it into your software. I was using a program called Juice. It had a giant picture of a lemon on it, and you would somehow put that in there. You would download the file, and then you would plug in your MP3 player, because I don't even think iPods were just now coming on the scene, but whatever it was, you would uh, then copy the files, onto your mp3 player which looked like a little hard drive and then you would unplug it and go into your car and when you listen to your seven podcasts uh you had to go back home to get more so it was uh it was not easy it was painful and every time i asked somebody you know do you listen to podcasts they were like what's a podcast or they'd say do i have to have an ipod to listen to that i'm like no you don't need an ipod and that's why when uh when iTunes came along, it was great because now if you had an iPod, you simply plugged it in and it automatically downloaded your shows and synchronized them. So that was one of the first things. I was like, oh, wow, this makes that a whole lot easier. And then later, of course, when they added the podcast app to the iPhone, now I don't have to synchronize anymore. I can get you know episodes whenever I'm wherever I'm at. What's the first time you remember like trying to get together as a community? Yeah, I think the first one, I forget what they called it. I remember it was in Ontario, California. And I, what was great about it is there weren't that many of us. I mean, it was like maybe 100 podcasts at the time. And we all knew each other's shows because there weren't that many back then. But nobody knew what anybody looked like. And I remember there was a guy named CeCe Chapman who did a show called Accident Hash. It was a music show. And we're all in the bar because that's what podcasters do. 
and somebody would walk in. They're like, "Hey, is this the podcast thing?" And they're like, "Yeah, who are you?" And they be, and I remember he said, "Oh, I'm CC Chapman." And the whole room it was like Norm on Cheers. It was like CC, what's up, buddy? So, yeah, it was uh, quite a just a super intimate community. And I just remember standing around the pool, and there was a guy there from Scotland in a kilt, and it was just amazing back then. But uh, and over the years, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I think they're up to 2,500. I thought it was 2,000, but there's actually 2,500 here this time. And there's money in podcasting. There is. I uh, actually wrote a book called More Podcast Money that talks about how to monetize your show. You don't have to wait for sponsors. That's an option, but there's so many different ways. And I just, uh, like, I created a Patreon account and just threw it on the wall to see what would happen. And I'm getting like three, 400 bucks a month. So it's it, there are so many different ways. It all does start with good content. You can't you know monetize a show with no audience. That's the thing I think a lot of people forget about is step one, grow your audience. Step one is not make money. Step one is grow your audience, and that starts with good content. How did you take in feedback, and how did you adjust over the years you've been doing to try to uh, serve your audience? Well, the, the biggest thing I try to do is things like, this is why I come to Podcast Movement. If I have somebody say, all right, listen to your show, the first thing I say is, of course, thank you. What do you like about it, and what do you wish I would change? And I remember I went to, I think it was the second, some sort of podcast event, and I would ask people that, and they all said the same thing. It's too short. And I'm like, really? Because it was like 20 minutes long. I said, really? Too? Yeah. It was like 20 minutes long, and I said, really? Because that's, that's like a lot of Dave, you know? And they're like, no, no, it's like my commute is this long. It would be great if it was like 40 minutes. I'm like, oh. and when I heard like four people say that, I'm like, all right, well, 40 minutes it is. So uh, that, and then um, along other ways, I used to, my workflow has changed. I used to record my show off of bullet points, and I would just, I always talk like I'm talking to one person, and then I would create the show notes. Now I do it backwards. I create my show notes, which helps me flesh out what I want to say, then I write down a couple bullet points, and then I record it. Well, you know, I was talking to Shannon Case and then Matt Marr, and Shannon and Matt, Matt both talked about you have to have a purpose for the episode. They want to serve their community or whatever. Matt talked about just writing down, okay, this is what I want to try to accomplish with this podcast, and being clear and just editing that and making it more clear. Do you recommend that for folks? Oh, absolutely. There's a great book called The Secrets of Dynamic Communication, and it's actually about public speaking, but the part on shaping your content, you should be able to boil down either your, your episode or a segment, whichever one you're doing, if you're doing multiple segments, to one sentence. So like I did a speech here once one year at Podcast Movement about every podcast can uh, benefit from editing. That was my one sentence because it was about why you need to edit. And, so, and then every bullet point after that reinforced that statement. So yeah, in the end... You should figure out this is what this is how my audience is going to benefit from this episode, and then everything from that should like okay. So if I'm doing, uh, I just did an episode on imposter syndrome, so it was like okay, what is it? How do you overcome it? What are the steps to identify it? And everything was about that one topic. So it's hyper focused, and then part of it is again coming to places like this is I get to a better understanding of what my audience is going through and what their struggles are and things like that so I know I've got the right topic now it's just a matter of number one getting to it without them having to sit through my French toast recipe or whatever jibber jab I want to talk about get to the content make it good and then make it easy to share you know one of my big pet peeves is when somebody says oh today's guest is blah 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 and then they start the episode hi you're today's guest and they say the same stuff I love it. I call it the double intro. I understand that they want to introduce the person. 
and I usually will do the intro kind of live because usually if I'm recording it's off of Skype or something like that it doesn't sound as good so I'll do that and I'll go thanks for coming on the show and then I just cut to the part where I say to the actual live person thanks for coming on the show and we we go from there but yeah and then whatever you do please do not ask your guest tell us a little bit about yourself that's the world's worst opening question you have figured out why your your guest is there tell your audience why you brought them on because otherwise you're going to hear well i was born in iowa in a cornfield i'm like no 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 so yeah so how long have you had a school of podcasting out there yeah since 2005 my original podcast was uh, for musicians and i did that I believe in April of 2005. Why did you choose that? Uh, Because I was a musician. I was writing a blog and people were like, oh, this is really cool. And I had a friend of mine that was in marketing and he said, hey, I just came back from this big thing and this tells you how long ago it was. He goes, you remember how you missed the MySpace boat? And I'm like, yeah, 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 don't rub it in. He goes, I just came back from this thing. Podcasting's gonna be huge. And uh, I remember I Googled it and there was a page and a half of results. That's how new it was. I have Sharon Taylor here from Omni Studios. What does Omni Studios do, Sharon? Omni Studios is an enterprise podcast host. Measurement, monetization, podcast hosting, sharing, distribution, the whole nine yards. That's what Omni does. And you have an Australian accent because you're from? New England. No, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. That's, yep, 30 hours away. If I'm a company that's thinking about doing a enterprise-type podcast, you're the guys to do it. I would hope so, yeah, for sure. When you're ready to take your audio to the next level, that's Omni Studio. You don't deal with the content, but you take care of everything downstream. Correct. We're Switzerland in terms of ads and content. So whatever you want to make and however you want to monetize it, we'll help you do that. Otherwise, we're just the tech play. So the best tech in the business. Great. Omnistudios.com. At the same time, everybody was saying membership sites are going to be the next big thing. And I'm like, all right, well, if podcasting is going to be the next big thing and membership sites are going to be the next big thing, I'm going to make a membership site about the school of podcasting. Well, how am I going to get the word out about it? I'm going to start a podcast about podcasting to promote the school of podcasting. So, yeah, so that started in October. So I started podcasting in April uh, and then launched the school of podcasting in October. Have you deleted any of the old stuff or is it still out there? I've deleted one, and it's because I interviewed and then talked about two resources that don't exist anymore. Like I interviewed a guy from a company called InnerTube, which was very, very much like uh, SoundCloud. Uh, It's out of business because it, it, yeah. And then there was another, I forget who I interviewed, but it was something else that doesn't exist anymore. So I was like, there's no value whatsoever in that episode. So I pulled it offline, but the rest of them uh, I've put in. And in some cases I've gone in and added things in the show notes where it's like, I don't recommend this microphone anymore. I recommend this one, it's better. But I've only really removed one. But, yeah, if you want to go listen to episode one, it's called Your First Podcast Always Stinks. That's my first episode. Have you listened to it recently? I I listen to it every now and then. Like once a year I'll go back and listen, and it's just interesting. Uh, My voice. What kind of things would you say you you really didn't do well at? I just wasn't at as confident. I don't think I was editing as much back then, so a little more ums and you knows and things like that. I had different intro music I think I had a you know things like that that I've changed not that that makes a huge difference but I think I was just the the confidence level wasn't quite there you know there's like I hope somebody's listening I don't know it wasn't like really cringy it wasn't super cringeworthy my first actual podcast for the musician Cybercooler is cringeworthy that's one where uh, you know I'm I think we should make a podcast about first first episode so that'd be great 
Oh, everyone cringed together. But yeah, the first one I was. I, It'd be like uh, Mystery Theater 3000. <laughs> exactly. We could comment on it. Yeah, I. Uh, That's it, man. I got a million dollar idea right there. J- JLD, John Lee Dumas. I bet you his first one's a challenge. Yeah, they are all, you know. Everybody. Yeah. So, but yeah, my very, very first episode, it was. I still had like an intro music and things like that, but I don't know what I was. I, I think back then I was recording an MP3 then editing an mp3 and then exporting it as mp3 not realizing that every time i did that i was compressing the file and so i would listen to somebody else's show in the exact same format and it sounded great i'd listen to mine it sounded like it was frying bacon underwater i was like what is going on with this and so he said oh record in a wave format edit in a wave format and then export as an mp3 and that really cleared things up well that's good you weren't like doing any kind of uh trying to sound cool in the beginning or trying to sound like you think it should be the musician cybercooler brought to you by jam and dave jackson because that was my my stage name because there's like eight million dave jacksons so i when i worked in a grocery store i would bring my guitar in and i would play on my lunch because i was bored and so they they gave me the moniker of jam and dave so it was like you know i'm your host jam and dave so yeah we don't you know if you want to call me jam and dave you can but it's been a long time since i've had that nickname all right so let's talk about the uh industry a little bit because to me, I love it's so democratized. You have all kinds of people, they're very diverse. How do you think that really uh, makes for a, a community? How does that affect the community that we see our podcast movement? Well, I, th- I think we're all in the same boat. We have different topics and things like that, but we're all trying to get more subscribers, we're trying to get more downloads. We all understand that we all have our own little quirks and things like that. Like I had somebody on my show she does adopteeson.com and it's all about the fact that the only people that understand what it's like to be adopted are people that have been adopted i had somebody on my show once she does a show called life with herpes the only people that understand that situation are people that are in that situation so you you might be a person that's sitting out in the middle of the cornfield going i'm the only person that thinks this keep going back to the cornfield now i don't know what I'm, 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 I'm in i got iowa on my mind today and uh, Do you ha- when's the last time you had corn? Uh, right, last weekend. Uh, oh yeah, my, my the cob was it the really good sweet stuff? Like seriously, pick that day, Mogador, Ohio. Forget the name of the farm, but it's awesome. Yeah, but it was my brother's birthday, and we got him some corn on the cob. But uh, yeah, back to the cornfield. Yeah, I forget what was the question now. See, I mess. I was messing with you at that point. I want to see how. I, this is like advanced stuff where I'm trying to. Pull your way out for, away from the question and see if you can find your way back. That's it. I've got right now. I'm just picturing the. You were talking about herpes, then you oh, talked yeah. about the cornfield. Yeah, the different people, and we all have that. So I've, I've yet to really meet a jerk in podcasting. Like I will be happy to help anybody because, I mean, some of my best friends are my competition, and the reason they're my best friends is because well, I want to geek out and talk about podcasting, and yeah, you're doing the exact same thing I am. But on the other hand, you want to mention those shows. <laughs> Yeah, well, sure. Uh, Daniel G. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. Uh, I love him. Yeah, Ray Ortega from Podcaster Studio. You know, Paul Culligan from the Podcast Report. You know, these are guys I've been hanging out and I've you know known for years and years and years. And and there, that's the other thing. You, I think podcasters are more open to, dare I say, the word dialogue. Like some of my friends have completely different thoughts. Like I, I'm, I consider myself a Christian and I, some of my best friends are atheists and you connect on what you agree on. And then there's just some topics you don't really get into. And if I excluded people because you weren't just like me, 
I, I'd be missing out on some really great friends. And I think podcasters are a little more open to dialogue. And it's like, okay, uh, you, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing. All right, you, anything I can do to help you do your thing, let me know. Well, you know, when I go back to buy, because I have a regular job, it's so hard for me because I know exactly what you mean. Like, I connect with people so easily. And when I go back to my regular job, it's like so clunky. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that way because um, I think it was Howard Stern said he loves this job because on one hand, I, I love to entertain people. I just hate people. He hates being in crowds and, and being a podcaster. Well, he's got OCD and stuff yeah. too. But he's, it's a case where you can, if you're, if you're shy, for lack of a better phrase, you can reach a global audience and never see them. Now, I don't recommend that. I recommend going out and, and going wherever your public is. My, when I started again, going back to 2005, I'm in the cornfield, yes, I'm going to say it again, in Magador, and my very first piece of audio feedback came from a guy in Nuremberg, Germany. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Did he just say Germany? Like, and I'm like, look, I'm in the middle of, of nowhere, and there's a guy on the other side of the planet, and not only is he listening to my stuff, but he likes it because he was another musician. And I was like, that's when I, right then is when I was like, oh, I, I have a problem. I officially have a, I'm addicted to this. My background's in training. So for me, I was like, wait, I can train people on a global audience. This is, this is a whole new ballgame. Dollar signs are popping up in your head. <laughs> well, not so much that. I mean, dollar signs are great, but you could buy twenty cornfields for that. That's it. But when I have somebody say, "Look, I was stuck. I listened to your show. Thank you so much, and now I'm doing this." You know, I can't buy groceries with that, but that puts more tank, more tank in my gas. Yes, more gas in my tank than uh, than money in some cases. I mean, I had, a, I had a guy that contacted me and had decided to kill himself, and he said, "I heard your show." And I heard you say that sometimes podcasting can give you a purpose. So I want to let you know I was originally going to kill myself on Halloween because that's my favorite day, but I've decided not to. And I understand I have some problems I need to work through. And that's when I about fell out of my chair because I'm like, look, I'm just a dude talking into a microphone. It's almost like you got to really think about it before you just pop something out there. People are really listening to what you have to say. Yeah, I've had uh, I, I do a weight loss show even though it doesn't look like it and I told somebody once, don't worry about losing 100 pounds. That's kind of overwhelming. Instead, focus on losing 10 pounds and then just do it 10 times. Seven months later, I get somebody who goes, hey Dave, I did it. I'm like, what'd you do? And they're like, oh, I lost 100 pounds. I just lost 10 pounds 10 times. And I was like, that's great. It actually worked? It actually it worked for them. It hasn't worked for me. That's why I was like, well, that's great. I haven't lost anything, but God's working for you. So, yeah, uh, be careful. The microphone is loaded. Yeah. Well, Jam and Dave, this has been so much fun. But, uh, no, I, I really want to say, I guess I'll speak for all podcasters. Why not? But uh, thanks for all you do because I, I don't know if you remember this, but a few months ago I had some ideas. I ran them by you. You gave me some help. And to me, I do the same thing that you do, which is somebody asked me a question. I just saw somebody in the elevator, and I said, hey, how you doing first time? Yeah, she goes, and I said, do you have a show? She goes, I tried to launch, but I haven't. I really, blah, blah, blah. And I said, here's my card. I'll help you. Trust me. I love that whole environment, and I think this is a great place for it, but podcasting as a whole is great. And I know what you do for everybody is really what keeps the engine of this thing going. Well, thank you very much for the, the kind words. But, yeah, that is what fuels me. I, I mean, it, it's in my DNA. My, my background's in teaching. And so when I can help somebody, you don't have to twist my arm too hard. Okay, well, thanks again, and congratulations on your Hall of Fame. 
Do you have like a portraits hanging somewhere, the Hall of Fame? <laughs> no, I have a, uh, the, the actual award, it has two purposes. It's an award and it's a weapon. I mean, you could literally, it's got these really pointed edges at the top and the thing weighs no less than 10 pounds. So you could, you could take somebody out with this thing with a, uh, you know, if you had the right trajectory easily. So yeah, Rob Walsh was telling me, he's like, hey, watch, because you can, if you hit your hand on that, he goes, it will actually, you can, you can draw blood on this award. I'm like, oh, excellent. This is well, that's good to know for all future folks. And you got to lug that thing back to Ohio. Yeah, that's it. So it'll be fun. All right. Thanks again, Dave. And there you have it. The end of season three of Podcast Movement Sessions. I'm Bill Nowicki. And check out podcastmovement.com so you can go and join the rest of the folks in Orlando for the 2019 Podcast Movement. It's the best podcast conference you will ever go to. I swear to goodness. And you'll get to meet me and a bunch of other folks there. Dan and Jared do a great job putting together podcast movement and you'll notice it. And one more time, thanks to Omni Studio, omnistudio.com for all your enterprise podcast needs.